0: This program, which was previously recorded, is brought to you in living color on NBC.
1: Right now, I'm in front of the Castle Theater. What an exciting event tonight. I'm with Mark Eustace, and here we go, man. Mark, what a...
2: Here it is, baby. Here it is. I love it, man. I I dream of barbecini. Tell me,
1: <laughs> tell me about this. Tell me about how you got this and how this all happened. Well,
2: I've actually been doing these events for 17 years mm-hmm. now, and I've had a lot of um, movie stars like Debbie Reynolds and Jane Russell and Tony Curtis, and I thought it was time to do Barbara Eden, and I've never done television before, so mm-hmm. I thought, uh, what a great thing to do, and I love, you know, everybody loves everybody Jeannie. Everybody loves Jeannie. And, um, so And so, working with her manager, I managed to wrangle the whole thing together. And for me, it's always like I'm, I'm looking... Uh, doing these gigs, and it takes me like three months to do. And you will see tonight there's like a plethora of clips from her whole career, mm-hmm. oh, lots excellent. of lots of variety shows, movies that she did, plus highlights for I Dream of Jeannie. So it's a huge research project for me and a labor of love all the time. And hopefully there's some business at the end of the business and show business. Mm-hmm. And she's delightful, and this is her hometown. This is her hometown.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Right now, I'm in front of some of the most beautiful women in the world. I got Miss Golden Gate, Miss San Francisco, Miss Golden Gate's teen, and Miss San Francisco. Can you give me your name, please?
3: Yes, I'm Holly Heiserman. Jasmine Lee. Alyssa Anderegg, My name's Crystal Lee.
1: Man, it is so wonderful to be here. Do you guys, do you know about I Dream, and genie? of do you, yes. Have you guys watched programs?
3: Uh, yes, actually. My parents are big fans, and so growing up, I always watched it on Nick at Night, and I actually had like an Arabian-themed bedroom when I grew up because I was so impressed with the inside of her bottle, so it definitely made kind of an impact on me, although I'm not sure I understood the show that much growing up, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dream of Dreamy It was it was a great show growing up. I don't think I understood it either because I was still very young growing up. But I remember being very inspired by the Arabian
4: <laughs> theme. Uh, yes. Yeah.
3: yes, well, I've definitely watched a couple episodes on Nick at Night. But my dad is a huge fan, and he said, "Oh my goodness, Alyssa, you have to get a picture with Barbara Eden and come back and show me," because he loved the show when he was well, growing
1: she's up. <laughs>
3: I also watched it on Nick at Night. I actually didn't understand the show, but I loved the pillows inside her bottle. So I'm actually a college student right now, and that just reminds me. I'm going to be refurnishing my dorm room this coming fall. I think uh, I'm going uh, to have it inspired uh, by uh, like *A Dream of Jeannie. Yes, it's fun. It's pretty. It's just comfy. And ultimately, Barbara Eden is such a figure in our community and in our society because she's been on TV for so iconic. long. She's iconic. She's a legend, and it's an honor to be here. Yes.
1: And she was at one time Miss San Francisco. San Francisco. 20,
3: 1951.
4: It
1: Excellent. Yeah. So we'd like to thank you from uh, Channel 27 that you could come on our show, and you guys are just stunning. It's such a pleasure and honor to be in front of you. Thank you. Thank you so much, joining. You can see that the line is really growing longer for Barb Beaton, and this is going to be an incredible night. It's a tribute to her. It's like Mark said, her hometown, and we're here tonight to deliver the goods.
5: presents the Gillette Cavalcade of Champions, starring Barbara Eden, Mitzi Gaynor, Fred McMurray, Darren McGavin, Dinah Shore, Danny Thomas, John Wayne, and Les Brown and his band of renown. The Cavalcade of Champions 1972 Awards is brought to you by... of the Track 2 Razor, the first razor with two blades, and Max for Men, a man's powerful dryer designed to keep a man's hair in shape. And now, here is the star of our show, Bob Hope!
6: Sees Harbinger of spring. I know it's spring. The swallows are back in Capistrano. I know they're there. You can hear them coughing all the way to Burbank. <laughs> and there's romance in the air. This morning, Doc the eloped with the NBC Peacock. <laughs> Together they were a dazzling sight. They looked like a psychedelic sunset. <laughs> Here is one of the greatest gals of the year, Miss Barbara Eden.
4: Jack,
5: this is Barbara Eden. Sure is.
7: Congratulations, Jack.
5: Thank you. Um, I wish I'd take home,
6: Bob. (laughs) Just the trophy. Barbara goes right back in the bottle right after the show.
7: You're the answer to every girl's prayer. You, you have such grace, such power. You have so much, uh, so much, uh, What's the word I'm looking for?
6: Prize money.
7: <laughs>
6: Barbara, do you play golf? I play golf, but I'm just an amateur. Oh, that's great. Maybe we can team up in the Pro-Am. <laughs> hey, Jack, I thought we were gonna play together this year. Bob, you missed the cut. I <laughs> may hide his hot comb. To be redundant, but in addition to the statue, Barbara has a check for five thousand dollars to be do- donated to the charity of your choice. Where would you like it sent? To the YMCA of the Palm Beaches, Bob. The North Family Branch. Okay. <clears throat> are, ladies and gentlemen, Jack Nicholas and Barbara E.
1: Rose and she definitely looks like I Dream of Jean. You look wonderful.
3: Thank you. I tell,
1: love it. tell me why you do this. Tell me what.
3: You... Oh, because I watched Barbara Eden all my life since I was growing up. She was my favorite. Uh, She's my favorite person on the planet. She it's, made me laugh.
1: Exactly. Yes. Isn't laughter is everything yes. in the world? isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, we like to thank you for coming on, and you look thank just you. ravishing. Aww, doesn't thank she? Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Rose. you,
2: Thank you.
5: Bye bye. It's our duty to serve veterans and military families who serve their country in the most difficult ways imaginable. Together, we can say thank you in so many ways. Small acts of kindness mean more than anything. With our support, veterans and military families can face even the most difficult challenges. Let's honor their service with ours.
1: just waiting for the arrival of Barbara Eden, and you can see the anticipation and the excitement is starting to happen it's such a great time and she's coming home right here back in San Francisco at the Castro Theater thank you right now we got Barbara Eden coming out right now we're getting ready to have Barbara come out right now so It is so nice to see her. Here she is, I Jeannie Jeannie herself. (laughs) It is so wonderful. She looks great. Talking to Miss San Francisco and Miss Golden right here, Gate, and it's so wonderful to see her today.
2: Just get you to turn around real quick and we'll do a nice picture right here. Sorry, okay. okay, right over here. That looks great, very nice, terrific.
1: Beautiful bargain, right here. Thank you, ladies. They're so gorgeous.
8: Oh, sure.
7: You're coming with me. This is something I want you to hear.
4: This
7: meeting will come to order. Uh, the first order of business is.: I'd like to address this meeting of the Hopper Valley PTA. You wrote me a letter that I'd like to reply to in public. You say I'm not fit to live in this fine American town, that I don't come up to your standards of whatever you consider decent. Well, I am here to call a few kettles black. <laughs>
9: daughter who attended Harper Valley Thank you, Mama. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Arturo Balster and I'm proud and happy to be here. And welcome once again to Mark Eustace Presents I dream of Barbara Eden at the fabulous Castro Theater. You know, I've done many events with Mr. Eustace, and this is one of the most glamorous, as always. He has the most beautiful, wonderful people come, and he allows me to try my little stuff. Oh, did somebody mention my figure? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just run this up on the singer earlier today. Um, I like to call it kind of a country-western genie mashup. <laughs> And speaking of Jeannie, ladies and gentlemen, and of course the fabulous Barbara Eden, you know, most of us know her from television, from, of course, from uh, I Dream of Jeannie, but she did a lot of amazing work on film and in television that some of y'all may not have seen. So right now, I'd like to introduce some dramatic clips for all of y'all. Mr. whatever your name is, projectionist, take it away. One, two,
4: three.
6: that you'll be as delighted as I am to know that we have as our in-person guest tonight one of the nation's foremost homemaking authorities, a syndicated columnist with her own television show, Miss Mary Margaret McBride. Hans? Yes, Mary? Uh,
7: I'm not Mary Margaret McBride. My name is Barbara
6: Eden. Barbara Eden, of course. I thought you'd lost a little weight. i sorry to up, Barbara? As I'm sure that our viewers recognize you from your many television and motion picture appearances.
4: Where's your house guest?
9: You'll be right along.
4: Um,
5: oh, here we are, Diana.
4: Hi. <laughs>
5: This is Mr. and Mrs. Ralph Ramsey. How do you do? Hello.
7: Oh. And uh,
5: Mr. and Mrs. Ricky Ricardo.
9: Hello.
7: How do you do?
5: And I'm Freddie Mertz.
7: <laughs> well, I guess you're wondering what I'm doing here in Mayberry. You see, I worked in this big city barbershop, and there was this barber, Pierre, and he was forever after me to marry him, and I kept saying I need time to think. You know how a girl needs time to think. Only he didn't think I needed so much time to think, but I did. And, well, anyway, we had this big fight, and I just had to go away. Well, you can see why I had to do that. Uh, to think And besides, I was getting awful tired of the big city Because you know it's getting so a girl can't walk down the street anymore Without being whistled at Why do men do that? Do you know why men do that?
0: Oh, I wouldn't have any idea, would you, Floyd? Oh, no, 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 no I, I wouldn't know no.
7: And another thing The big city isn't a very friendly place I mean, the people and all, they're not friendly So, I just decided I'd get on a bus, and the first friendly-looking town I came to, I'd get off and stay there a while and think things over. And do you know this bus that I was on, when it came to your city limits, it passed a sign that said, Welcome to Mayberry, the friendly town. And that seemed friendly, so here I am. A
9: voyage to the bottom of the sea.
0: I suppose she's your dancing dietitian, and he's your musical chef. She is my secretary, and as for him... Sorry,
7: I'm to blame, sir. I started it all.
0: I have no doubt of that. Doctor, I told you another woman was aboard, but I hardly expected you to meet her under such boisterous circumstances.
7: It all seemed very gay and happy, and I am here to observe.
0: That's yes, not choreography to a trumpet. Mr. Romano, belay that noisy horn. As for you, Miss Connors, we shall have a little talk later.
9: May I have this, dance?
7: Oh, why, certainly. Will you pardon me just a moment?
2: Sure. Thank you.
7: Are you looking for me?
5: I am if your name is Lex Porter.
7: Well, my name is Clemmie Shree, but I'll be glad to change it if you'll stop looking further.
0: Well, just how far am I allowed to look?
7: (laughs) Oh, you're fresh. I like you. Sam?
0: No, Alfred.
7: Are you gonna make a pass at me, Alfred?
0: You believe in
5: long courtships, don't you?
7: Oh, who's got time? I'm crowding 19.
5: What, years or guys?
7: Nasty. Come on, let's dance and crowd each other.
5: Look, honey, I got a wooden leg. I better go fill it first.
7: Oh, you mean it's all over between us? Well,
5: these things don't last forever.
0: Easy. You ought to let me kill him. No good could be done. It wouldn't help.
6: The people that held us up at the crossing. I
0: wanna save one of them (sighs) dead. Now you're talking foolish. When you talk like that, you sound like a coward. Well, that wasn't what I was gonna say.
6: But that's what I am. That's what Ma was, and that's why she's dead.
0: That's what I'm gonna be from now. You know I didn't mean it that way.
6: You don't feel it like I do about Mo's death. I'm Indian. And I'll never forget that the whites killed her because she was Indian, too. Well, Will was dying. He was crazy. I don't want no more excuses for him. All Mo and me ever got from whites was mean looks and don't get uppish with us. Oh,
7: that's not true.
6: You were the worst. You made me feel it the worst. When I was little, I liked you a lot. You were the only girl I ever liked a whole lot. But ever since you've been old enough to know, you never looked at me once without saying somewhere in the back of your head, East Kiowa. Clint's all right, but watch out for Pacer.
7: I didn't know.
0: I didn't know it either. Nobody knew it more than me.
9: Oh, you're welcome, and good night, Bert Park. Oh, come on. <laughs> and look at the, the actors she got to work with. I mean, Paul Newman and, and Elvis Presley and a half man, half goat. I mean, <laughs> gosh, if, if only I could. Oh well, never mind. I think I was with a half-man, half-goat just the other night, so I really got nothing to be jealous about. Um, shh. Right anyway, um, <laughs> thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I did make this little outfit as a tribute, of course, to Jeannie, who is one of our beloved characters from television. And um, it is such an iconic look that, you know, every Halloween, in fact, any weekend, you can look out here on Castro Street and see 20 Genies walking down the street. I swear to God. And, but tonight, we've got some people in the audience who are Decided to dress up, and we're gonna have us a little look-alike contest. So can I get, can I get my lovely assistant, my lovely assistant uh, Melissa right here to round up the contestants? If you'd all just come, line- there you are, darling. Look at her. Contestants, we can just line up over here on the left-hand side, so we can bring it all up here one at a time. Quickly now, quickly, come on, come on, come I know you're wearing high heels, but so come on, let's get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, is my belly button showing? I, I know. Show las señora... little ribbon. Uh, What's your name, dear?
3: My real name is Alena Aikina.
9: And what's your unreal name? Jeannie. Oh, that is so cute! Oh, uh, thank you. Gorgeous. I think I I saw some of the other contestants run away when she started doing her thing. They're like, oh, crap, I am so out of here. Uh, (laughs) Next, ladies and gentlemen. Just what everyone needs, your own magical bended genie. Fabulous interview with the fabulous Barbara Union. that is coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, my dear friend and master, Mr. Mark Eustace.
4: Arturo
2: <laughs> Also, I would like to thank Philip Roos for doing this unbelievably, incredibly, shockingly gorgeous bottle. <laughs> I know we're all here to see Barbara, and she will be coming out shortly, but I wanted to, i kind of, when I do these things, I'd like for the audiences to get a feel of the whole um, arc of the person's work, and so it was good to see the variety stuff, which I love, beautiful. And the dramatic stuff is quite wonderful, but we're all really, face it, most of us are here for Genie. So I wanted to put together a little pastiche of uh, favorite moments from Jeannie and um, most of it is um, there are guest appearances that you will love and also we love Jeannie's evil sister so I just had to put a tribute together of Jeannie the evil Genie. So oh and one other thing in the black just parenthetically in the black and white other than the beginning um, Barbara was pregnant. And I didn't know that until I read her book, which is available in the lobby after the show. Uh, So it's kind of interesting to see, and we'll talk about that later, how they hid that. So uh, without further ado, uh, Mr. Projectionist, if you please.
0: Once upon a time, in a mythical place called Cape Kennedy, an astronaut named Tony Nelson went up on a space mission. The missile went up, but something went wrong, and they had to bring it down. Captain Nelson landed on an island in the South Pacific, where he found a bottle. At least it looked like a bottle, but it didn't act like a bottle. Because in it was a genie. Oh, not your average everyday genie, but a beautiful genie who could grant any wish. Captain Nelson was so grateful he set Jeannie free, only she didn't want to be free. You know how it is when you've been cooped up in a bottle for 2,000 years. She wanted to have fun, and she wanted to have it with Captain Nelson. So she followed him back to Coco Beach, a mythical town in a mythical state called Florida. And there in this house, the girl in the bottle plays Spin the Astronaut.
7: I should turn thee into a serpent with two heads. No, no, no,
9: don't do anything
5: you're going to feel sorry for.
7: I trusted thee. What manner of master art thou? Gee,
5: I I appreciate everything you've done for me. Honestly, I do, but, well, there's just no room for you in my life. I wish you'd take my shirt off, Jeannie. No, no, I mean, I wish you'd put on your own clothes. Thanks. All those boxes go go straight back to the store. I don't know how you think I'm going to have the money to spend on this kind of thing. Jeannie, I just can't afford this...
0: Jeannie, you are pleased.
5: Pleased? Oh, you're beautiful.
7: Let me keep the gown.
4: Is it
5: very expensive?
7: Insanely.
5: Close your eyes. Just feel the mood of the music. I don't even have the record in my collection.
7: (laughs) Look at you. Just look at you. You should be ashamed of yourself. Your master is exhausted. And do you know why he is exhausted? Because he is worried. And why is he worried? Because I cannot get Sammy Davis Jr. for him. You must do something about that.
5: Right. And because I told you, Genie, he does two shows a night. He's a very busy man when he's up on stage, and I didn't even—I I
4: came. Yeah. <laughs>
7: <laughs> they did not tell me it would be a man.
5: My name is Harold. Well, Harold, there's been some kind of mistake. You're gonna to have to go back to where you came from.
7: Oh, great and noble
5: master, I am here to serve oh, your every, oh, every desire huh?
4: Oh.
5: Oh, great and noble master, oh, no, 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 no. I am here to serve your Harold, every desire, your Her- every wish. Har- would you out. get off my coffee table? <laughs>
7: you a note from major nelson's mother and one from major heavey's too you'll have to excuse them from any more uh, exercises
5: notes from their mothers
6: what are you some sort of weird cocktail waitress <laughs> look i'm ordering one hundred thousand records and that's just the beginning mm. uh look i'll talk to you later
5: uh, how did you get in here
7: excuse me are you mr phil specter
5: Look, it's been a real bad day. Would you come back in April?
7: I just come from my beach. You did not tell me how large the diamonds were.
5: (laughs) The diamonds. The diamonds. They're real diamonds.
7: Yes, the tide keeps washing them up on the shore faster than the trucks can take them away.
5: Trucks? Truckloads of of diamonds? Why, that that looks like a Louis XV. Oh, it is. Why, it must be worth a fortune.
7: Oh, yes. Money means nothing to Major Nelson.
4: (laughs)
5: Renmar
7: It is no copy
5: A real Renmar In Cocoa Beach
7: Of course Being a director must be very interesting
5: It has its rewards There's nothing like the satisfaction Of getting a good performance From a clod <laughs> Most actors are clods
7: Well how do you get a good performance out of them?
5: I whipped them into it. Whipped them into it? In the old days when I made bee pictures, I was known as the beast of the bees.
7: <laughs> <laughs> now no one will be ashamed of you.
5: Jeannie, Jeannie, it's too fast. Slow down. <laughs> clean these, Jay.
7: We're going too fast. Too fast. Slow us down. Oh. oh, wait a minute, Jay. Oh, too fast. Oh dear. I think my unbushing spell needs work.
5: What shape are they in, Commander? I'd say they were shapeless. <laughs> it's pitiful. <laughs> no stamina, Colonel. No stamina. Well, look for yourself. <laughs> <gasps> sickening the way those chow hounds fell apart, isn't it? Fell apart? You better take another look, Commander. I don't know how they're doing it, but they're hopping around like jumping beans on a skillet. What? Let me see. What? Roger, you, you know, you're the funniest man I've ever met. <laughs> you know something? You know what I wished when I was a little boy? I, I wished I were the funniest man in the world. <laughs>
4: And you hold this, and I'll hold this. Oh, oh I think right you
7: Yes, Master Poopsie, what is it this time? <laughs> Jeannie, do you not recognize me? It is your sister, Jeannie! <laughs> oh, well, careful, careful, darling. My hair. Is this your Major Nelson, darling? Is he not beautiful? Mmm, groovy. <laughs> but he sure could provide you with a better bottle. This is pretty tiny. Oh, no, it is quite comfortable. Oh, don't kid me. Sis, you must be cramped in there oh no truly i will show you (laughs) see it is most cozy glad you like it darling because from now on it's home sweet home (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) you let me out of here and don't worry about your major nelson darling i'm going to take good care of him
5: Look, if you'll just go away and leave me alone. Oh,
7: there. That's better. Kiss me, Tony, baby. Oh, I'm sorry,
5: lady. I- I've got work to do. <laughs>
7: now. I can't wait to start training you. No, no, darling. It's all in the hips. Watch. I'm watching. I'm watching. I get arrested for that. (laughs) But this. Oh, darling, you should see me when I really move.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Can't we get out of here, please?
7: Oh, I did. Like you say, you're the master, darling. Tommy rolls. I can make.
5: We're going to have to
7: fix it Look It's
5: Jellicoe And Jeannie
7: Our Jeannie? Yeah He's mine I wanted him Don't get him I'll make them sorry That they ever set eyes on one another
2: I'll break it up.
5: Look, uh, Girls, why don't you negotiate? I mean, after all, you're sisters.
7: What you need is to improve your mind with a few good books. Yeah, look, is look. Oh, <laughs> bastard! Wait a minute. <laughs> all right, ladies, now stop. No, I mean it. Oh, no, 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 no! No!
4: Oh. 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 Wait Widget, <coughs> <you? Would> <laughs>
7: Jeannie, doesn't she have a master
5: of her own? Oh, master, you are brilliant. Why did I not think of that? I love you. Can you believe that?
7: Oh, yes, master, I do.
5: (laughs) Don't call me master. Call me Tony.
7: Yes, Anthony, I, I do.
5: And you remember that I do for the ceremony, it'll really come in handy.
2: and she had mentioned that you didn't remember doing that. Do you remember it now? No. (laughs) No, I don't remember. Well, let's go way back. Okay, here we go. What's that? I don't have a clue. I don't know. What is it? Foghorns, baby. Fawkhorns. Oh, no, they go -uh." (laughs) 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 That's a There you go. (laughs) I say that because many of you know, but not everyone knows, that Barbara is from San Francisco. Greatest city in the world. And in her glorious book, you talk a lot about the foghorns. Yes,
8: they were... were, uh one of my fondest childhood memories, because my uh, grandmother had sisters around the Bay Area. She had one in Vallejo and one in San Leandro, and one actually who lived right here in San Francisco. Uh, now that was a brother. That was a brother. And, uh, <laughs> but we used to take the, uh, the uh, ferries over to Vallejo to visit Aunt Nora and Uncle
2: Tom, and I was
8: just a little girl.
2: And you grew up on Bush Street on the corner of what? Well,
8: it was it was 1207 Bush,
2: the corner of Polk and Bush. Polk and, and Bush, Bush, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> like the Polk better than the Bush. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and I, I, uh, I went to Reading Grammar School, Yay. which is right on, on yeah. <laughs> Yay,
2: Reading. <laughs> and before we had a Halloween contests in the Polk, you, I mean, on Polk Street, different, different. types of Halloween. Mm -hmm. You actually
8: won one. I did. I won uh, a Halloween contest uh, as Little Bo Peep with a red wig.
2: I remember. Oh, do a Little Bo Peep, please. I can't do it. I have a boat. Come on. (laughs) You uh, also uh, were in the Miss San Francisco contest. And tell us what what happened. Yes. Well... I won. <laughs> Which is great. And we have a very special treat later in this interview dealing with Miss San Francisco. Oh. Okay. But, well, it's a surprise. Now, there was a fortune teller in San Francisco, wasn't there?
8: Actually, uh, she was a psychic. Yay! Mm-hmm. Emma Nelson Sims. And uh, one of my teachers, uh, Edna Fisher, actually, uh, introduced me to uh, Mrs. Sims, and I only saw her once, but uh, she told me, it gave me very good advice, number one, but, but uh, I didn't realize until years later how, how astute she was and how wonderful she was. Yeah, told me to go to Los Angeles, and uh, at the time I really wanted to be a singer, I wasn't, I was studying acting, but it was to augment my singing, and I said, but I want to sing, (laughs) you know, I'm not, I I can't go to Los Angeles or New York, she said Los Angeles or New York, but I had family in in LA, and being a big chicken, you know, I didn't, I wasn't going to move anywhere else, Um, and she said, no, you, you really, uh, you'll sing, you'll sing, you'll sing, she did it like this, But but you really, television is where you'll make your mark, And I said, I don't don't want to do television. (laughs) (laughs) I want to sing. And I want to do movies. (laughs) And she said, you'll do movies. You'll sing. But television is where you'll make your mark.
2: (laughs) And she was so right. See? Rent a psychic, baby. (laughs) So you did go to L.A. Yes, I did. your early days in L.A., you were at Zeroes. Was that correct? Oh, my. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about that.
8: Well. That was that was interesting, I was actually, here in, in San Francisco, I had worked uh, well, while I was in high school for Wells Fargo Bank, <laughs> and, uh, and when I moved to L.A., I decided, well I have to have a job, you know, I just have to have a job, so I went downtown L.A. and, and got a job in one of the banks at night, at that time their clearinghouse was open at night and you could work in the, in the bank. I was coming home one evening. Uh, actually, I, I skipped it apart. I, I moved into this Hollywood Studio Club, which was a, uh, a home for women in the film industry uh, actors, secretaries, people who, who worked in the industry. And uh, there was a girl coming down the stairs, and she says, What are you doing out so late? Because we were supposed to be in by midnight. And I said, I was working. She said, Oh, uh, what do you do? And I said, I was, well, I was working in a bank. She said, well, how can you live here and work in a bank? <laughs> because we weren't supposed to have jobs that weren't acting. And uh, I said, well, I'm an actress, you know? <laughs> and she said, well, why are you working in a bank? <laughs> Again, and I said, well, I, I, I like to eat, you know? <laughs> it helps. She said, well, why don't you come over and, and, and audition at zeros." And I said, I don't dance. You know, don't dance," she says. "Oh, neither do I. Come on over and audition. None of us do. So, I I did audition. I did get the job, but it was uh, it wasn't a lot of fun. <laughs> I had,
2: I had the either. other girls hate you or something like that. Yeah, they did. They hated me. They <laughs> Some hated me. things never change. Okay. Yeah, they hated me. They locked me in the bathroom one night.
8: Yeah, so I couldn't get out and make the uh, entrance. I was oh my god sobbing sobbing (laughs) you know the best thing was when I got fired
2: (laughs) it was the best thing for me the next week I got my first job now didn't you work with Ann Southern wasn't that one of your first jobs that was
8: one of my first yes with Ann Southern and what was
2: she like she was mean
8: (laughs) she was
0: really mean
8: (laughs) oh dear actually that was the only person that ever was kind of rude (laughs) <laughs> well,
2: the first is a charm. Lucy. Okay, so you did this Lucy, and isn't she gorgeous in that clip? I mean, come on. <laughs> now, in the book, you have a story about the dress, which... Um, yes. Um,
8: I did Lucy two weeks after I worked with Anne Southern. And so when I came on the set, I knew, number one, that Desi you had to look out for. I was told that because it made Lucy very nervous understandably. And number two, I just knew this was a big female star and I was going to just look straight ahead and do my job. She couldn't have been nicer. One of the most wonderful women I've ever met. Um, one, one time when we were going to shoot that, that number that you just saw, uh, she said, Barbara, come here, come here. And I walked over, I had the dress on, and she said, you like that dress? And I said, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to say I didn't like anything, believe me. So happy to be working. And uh, she said, well, take it off. And I thought, uh-oh, you know, here we go again. And I took the dress off. And do you know she sat in her dressing room with her assistant putting those little, I don't know what they're called, they're grommets or something, the sparkly little things that you... you sequins? Well, they weren't sequins. They were, they were sparkly stones. But you do it, you do it with a machine, you know, you What's it called? called? Spackles?
2: (laughs) (laughs) See, this audience knows about dresses, okay?
8: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she did it. She did it herself. And I, I, I will never forget her for that. She was, and then she wanted to sign me to a contract, which was nice. And at the time, that very week that, that Lucy, Made the overture. Uh, I had the phone call from Twentieth Century Fox, and I
2: signed there. Yeah. Well, that, and also the Andy Griffith clip. I love that clip. That and that episode is. It's called the Manicurist, and it's so cute. And it, it reminds me a little bus stop, kind of that uh, sort of you know naive girl, kind uh, of like you know. Um, now wait a minute, <laughs> but, um, how many blondes do want to put a light bulb in? Never mind. <laughs> but uh, interestingly enough, the other night I was watching TCM and Conan O'Brien was the, the guest curator. And they asked him, of all the guests he had on his show, who was he the most impressed and honored to have on? And he said, Andy Griffith. And the reason he said this, and I think this is, relates to all of us, who grow up in this time period and saw this stuff, he said it was so moving and iconic to see somebody that he would turn on the television, you know, every week and yeah. really feel something for And I, I think, think people feel that about Jeannie as, as well. well, you know, you know that, that these these are the stories, good.
8: you know. Well, Andy was... Uh, he he was just a, a, a terrific guy. He um fine actor and wonderful to work with.
2: Yeah, he did face in the crowd for a lot of you that know I yes, mean besides his, his, his comic stuff. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant performance yeah. and searing movie. Mm-hmm. So you also met Marilyn Monroe, didn't you? Yes, I did. I
8: did. I had a stand in. Her name was Evelyn Moriarty and Evie was from uh, New York. <laughs> and she had been I don't know, showgirl something, yeah, in the 30s. She was gorgeous. Even even then, in the in the late 50s, early 60s. She was really pretty. Big blue eyes. And I, I often asked Evie, I'd say, Evie, why didn't you pursue an acting career? You know, why are you a, a stand-in, an extra? And she said, Oh, honey. She says, I couldn't walk a straight line. I said, walk and talk, not me. No, not that. Because she had some pretty, pretty important people who were her friends, wow. she did. And uh, while I, while Evie was understudying, uh, not under she, she stood in for me. Uh, a stand-in is someone who who stands in when the actor is off getting their nose powdered, or they've already rehearsed and they have to set the lights. And uh, she came to me one day and said, Bob to stand in for Marilyn. Now, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, because I'll be there for you. Don't worry. And she was. She always was there for me, until I did five weeks in a balloon with Irwin Allen. And at the last two weeks of the movie, she came to me and said, Barbara, I've got to go. Marilyn needs me. And I said, but I need you. You know? What? what? And She says, oh, no, no, honey. She really needs me. She said, she's, she, she's, she's in trouble. And I knew what she meant. And so uh, Evie went. And Evelyn would always say, oh, Barbara, I'm going to go work with my other star. <laughs> so one day, the last week of shooting on, on Five Weeks in a Balloon, Evie came to the set because she had been working with Marilyn on the next set uh, doing wardrobe tests. She said, Barbara, Barbara, I want you to meet my other star. And I said, I can't leave. I can't leave. You know, we're in the middle of a seat. I already fixed it. She'd gone, cleared it with the powers that be, grabbed my hand, dragged me over to the next set, and said, Marilyn, Marilyn, I want you to meet my other star. I was, wow. (laughs) And Marilyn couldn't have been nicer. She was so beautiful. So lovely. She glowed. Everything about her was just beauty and sweetness. I'm so happy I met her.
2: Uh, yeah, and another, another icon that you worked with was Elvis. And I've, had, I've been doing these shows for 17 years, and I've had several guests that's work, work with Elvis, and I had Ann-Margaret here. Oh, yes. She will not say anything about Elvis. Anything in interviews and even on Larry King she got mad when he kept pushing oh. and then i had Stella Stevens here who proceeded to have a long story about how Elvis brought her uh, to his hotel room and proceeded to show her pictures of the pharmaceutical drugs that he was taking what? yeah that's what she said so i've had such diverse stories about Elvis and i want to hear your Elvis stories <laughs>
8: Well, he was, he was a very polite, well-brought-up man. He was most unusual, uh, in that most actors, they, you know, they work hard. They don't, they don't really think about the actress they're working with as a woman, <laughs> you know. They don't get, get you a chair, they don't get you water, it's, it's, you get it yourself. Um, but with Elvis, I'd walk on the set, he'd stand up right away, he'd get me a chair, um, do you want water? He'd be there. He was a gentleman. He was a gentleman and a sweet, sweet man. We talked a lot. At the time, I was married to an actor, and uh, Elvis was very, very interested in how we made it work, working in the business together, and how, how did, I, uh, did I mind it when Michael was out of town. And uh, did he mind it when I was out of town? And I, I told him, you know, it was, it's a job for us. We were, we were working. Um, and then he told me about this girl that he was very interested in, in Germany. Yeah. And uh, he said, but I just, I don't know, you know. I don't know whether to ask her to marry. I don't know if she can stand it, the, the, the business. Of course, he didn't tell me how young she was, you know, at the time. I think she was 14 when he, when he first met her. Um, but uh, it was Priscilla, of course, and uh, his father was there, and he had his cousins. He said, these are my cousins, and there were two guys with guitars, and in between shots, they sing oh so beautifully, the three of them, Elvis and his two friends. I found out later they weren't cousins. (laughs) But I I thoroughly enjoyed working with Elvis. Not only that, he was a serious actor. He really wanted to act and do well. Um, In this film, he played a half-breed, he died, he didn't get the girl, and he didn't sing a song. It didn't make a penny. Oh, and he got good reviews. Got good reviews.
2: It was directed by Don Siegel, wasn't Don it? Siegel,
8: yes, fine director. Yeah.
2: And what about uh, Dr. Lau, which is one of my favorite movies of yours? I love that scene. It's so yeah. cute. And I, have to, I just have to ask, did you really get hot under the collar for Pan? I'll never tell.
8: I'll never tell. <laughs>
2: What was Tony Randall?
8: He was fun. He was lots of fun. I, uh, I guess uh, in, in the book, I, I, I tell about he's, he, uh, he had a great, obviously, a great sense of humor, but he also played pranks on everybody, especially me. <laughs> and uh, we'd play uh, gin rummy in between scenes. And I'm a pretty good card player, and I never won. Not once did I win. And then I discovered that he always had me sit in front of the mirror. Yeah. He knew exactly what I had in my
2: hand. <laughs> Smart man. Now, what about uh, Voyage uh, to the Bottom of the Sea? One of my favorite scenes, you, you gotta watch it, because it's, it's early Irwin Allen before Poseidon Adventure, and it has kind of the hallmarks of that. But my favorite thing, besides Barbara and Joan Fontaine, of course, is that there's one scene with the guys in multicolored rubber suits, <laughs> and let me tell you, it is hot. And your husband was one of those people. Yes, he was. He was in red rubber. Yeah, yeah he was. He was. <laughs> what was it like working with your husband?
8: Um, it, it's it's nerve wracking because you you uh, you generally care very much, you know, about. How they do. It's like having your child in a film with you. <laughs> it's like, oh, are they gonna do it right? You know, of course he's gonna do it right. This was cochise yeah.
2: you know, Michael
8: Ansara. He was a classic actor, but you still worry,
2: you know. <laughs> and what about Joan Fontaine? I love Joan Fontaine. Oh, was she,
8: she was delightful. She was just lovely.
2: And what well, other yeah. submarine do you get to see girls in, in high heels? <laughs> 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 I know.
8: I know. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, um, the, I, I liked actually I loved working with Peter Laurie. I, I had uh, lunch with him every day and, and he'd tell me stories about old Hollywood and, uh, but the thing he would, he would always bring up and he was quite adamant about it he said Barbara always sign your own checks yeah because his best friend had stolen every penny he had and, and he said, to me, he said, I shouldn't have to work now. But I do, because I didn't sign my own checks. I didn't watch where my money went. And uh, I'm very grateful to him for that.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, one of my favorite things that you do or have, have done or hopefully will continue to do is the variety shows. I love those variety shows. And there's something to be, I mean, it's, it's like so much more colorful and... and um, Psychedelic, almost, than like what we see now dancing. with I mean, I love Dancing with the Stars. I love
8: Dancing with the Stars. I just love it.
2: I like but to watch. Would you them. ever be on Dancing? Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, why not?
8: <laughs> no, I like to watch. <laughs> I think I think the beautiful young women on the show are fun to watch. I, and I think that's exactly who should
2: be on the show. <laughs> Now, Mackie did a lot of your gowns. Did, yes. you, did you have a long stay? One of the things in your book I found interesting is that Mackie did, actually, costumes for Lucille Ball, and I never knew that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and so, um, well, I thought I read it in your book, but I guess I didn't. I read yeah. it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but um, those gowns are fabulous. I mean, I love Thank the you. one in the share show with you in Canary Yellow and her in Hot Pig. <laughs> yeah,
8: that's fun. That was fun. He, yeah. Uh, he really knew how to make a, a, a girl look good. I mean, he really, he still does. He still does. And
2: what about all those, like, gay dancing boys? <laughs> what were they
8: like? Were they gay? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sure made me look good, I'll tell you.
2: <laughs> and the hair, too. That's the other thing I love. I mean, how many hairdos have you had in your career? <laughs> A lot of them, <laughs> big. <laughs> how heavy are? they? I mean, they're just. They, sometimes they just look like they're really heavy.
8: The only one that was really heavy was the genie tail, the oh. ponytail. That was heavy, yeah. But everything else, no, it was it was lightweight. It was uh, the the woman who, who did most of she- or still does shares wigs. Uh, did all of my genie hair and most of the things I've worn in movies. <coughs> what was <coughs> she?
2: What was Cher like? Oh, great,
8: down to earth, just real, a, a good, a good
2: gal. And Bob like. Hope, you had a real like loving yeah, relationship. He, he did a yes. lot of Bob Hope. And for those that haven't seen Bob Hope. Um, when I had Jane Russell here, I had to watch all the Paleface movies. And I was astounded at what a good actor he is. Oh, yes. I mean, yes. he really is a good actor. I mean, we all remember him from the Oscars or the Bob Hope specials. Yeah. But he was quite a talented man.
8: Yeah. I went to the Persian Gulf with Bob. And uh, <clears throat> so did uh, Connie, uh, Connie Stevens. And we went in, in a, uh, I think, what, what was that? My husband would know a C-130, the big big <laughs> air, what?
2: He, <laughs> he said, "Sure, why not?" <laughs> sure, why not?
8: Okay, okay. It was a big troop carrier, and we had two of them. And uh, in uh, the only person that had a bed was Bob, and as he should have, he he was elderly when we went to the Persian Gulf, and he needed, and he had a bunk bed, <laughs> and he came over to Connie and to me and said, "Girls." You can, you can use the bunk bed. He said, just take the upper bunk, that's fine. And so we looked at each other, we were dead tired. We'd been sleeping on the floor of, a, of, the, of the airplane. And uh, we said, okay. So we went to the upper bunk, and uh, I had my head at one end, and Connie had her, her feet, you know, we, like you do with kids, because we wouldn't fit any other way. <laughs> and while well, we, we lay there, dead tired we started thinking oh my god what if bob comes in what if what if he gets in the lower bunk and we break it with <laughs> two of us in the upper bunk you know bob hope killed by two blondes in
2: the persian gulf <laughs> Jesus. we started to laugh we couldn't stop we <laughs> didn't get much rest i just love a show with connie stevens barbara Eden, and chara I mean, please, you know. <laughs> well, that was in Australia. Yeah, the yeah. Australian yeah, did yeah. the char. What was she like? Oh,
8: Gucci Gucci.
2: <laughs> she's
8: fun. She's fun. She's, she's very nice.
2: Okay, so now we're really here, um, now that we've done all that about Jeannie. Now, Talk a little bit about the evolution of how Genie started. Because you did the, the the Brass Bottle, was it? With, um, I
8: did the Brass Bottle with Tony Randall and Burl Ives, but Burl Ives was a genie. Genie, yes. Yeah, I wasn't the
2: genie. No, you were the I ingenue. Was the, I was the girl from
8: Pasadena,
2: yeah. And didn't Cindy Sel- Sheldon see that and, and think of you for genie? I
8: don't no. think so. I don't think so. Did he say that?
2: I, I think I, I, yeah, I, I remember. Really but, they, but you thought that they would, like, cast, like, a... Um, well,
8: he was. he was. He was testing every tall, gorgeous brunette in town. Miss Syria, Miss Greece, Miss Israel, Miss Italy, and uh, Miss Turkey. Everyone, a Mediterranean, look. So I didn't think I had a chance. I, it was a great idea. I read about it, you know, in the Variety and Reporter, in the trades. And uh, then one day my agent sent me a script... And I read it, and he called and said, how do you, do you like it? Do you like the script? I said, well, yeah, I do. He said, well, they're very, very interested in you. And I said, do they know what I look like? (laughs) You know? He said, well, yes, Sidney Sheldon wants to meet you. And so I did. I went to the uh, Polo Lounge at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and we had tea. And uh, that's how I got the job.
2: And so you did the pilot. Did you immediately think... I mean, there was, was a really great chemistry with you and Larry Hagman at the beginning. Did you immediately think it was going to be a hit?
8: You know, I, did, I don't think that way. I just take each job as it comes and I do it. I enjoyed doing the pilot. I thought it was fun, and I, it's really my, one of my favorite episodes of the series. Uh, but Larry knew it would. He kept saying, this is going to be a hit. This is going to be a hit. <laughs> he said, how do you know? you know? I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Yeah,
2: and, and for those that that might not know, Larry Hagman was Mary Martin's son. That's right. And I, I don't That's know right. if you know who Mary Martin was, but Mary Martin was Peter you know, Pan. Peter, Peter Pan, Pan, The Sound of Music. My th- I love Mary Martin so yeah. much. What was it like? Did he talk about her, or I mean, there was a little bit of it in the book about his competi- sort of feeling competitive, like he wanted to be a big star, um, like, like his him. mother. Or yeah, he had. Um, he had issues.
8: <laughs> he did at the time. They resolved them. He and his mom. But he did have issues about that.
2: Well, in the book, I mean, I've heard, I've read, and heard interviews with you, and people go, well, "I can't believe you know how um, shocking it is, of Larry Hagman." And I feel like it's a real multi-layered depiction you have of him. I mean, you really do love him, and you, you are. Um, Uh, amazed by his talent, but he also was difficult at times to work with.
8: Well, he was never difficult for me. He was difficult if we had a a male star on the set. Um, He would feel very threatened, and then he'd act out. He was like a little kid. But I never had a problem with Larry, ever, ever, ever. Um, uh, (laughs) And when he acted out, it kind of made things interesting, you know? (laughs) You work for eight to twelve hours on a, a a day. It's kind of fun to have somebody do something different, <laughs> you know.
2: Well, in the book also, you talk about. I mean, I'm not making this up, and I I, I don't want to be dishy or anything, but oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there were like pot parties and stuff like that, or he did smoke pot on the sets and
8: well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) woo! (laughs) But not when you work, guys. (laughs) Not when you work. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he—he—he was, I think, told to do that uh, by a a therapist or a psychiatrist or something that it would uh, mellow him out, and it did. (laughs) It did.
2: Well, wasn't there a story about um, like the nuns or uh, like from the flying nun? Wasn't like that on the other? Well, yeah.
8: You really want me to tell that story? Oh, come on, <laughs>
2: tell the flying. We all love flying nuns. It's
8: in the book. <laughs> well,
2: <clears throat> um,
8: <laughs> we had uh, about five or six darling little ladies come on the set in full garb. You know, the hat and the long gown. and They had been on Sally Field's set for the Flying Nun to visit. And then they brought them over to our set, because Genie is a good set to come on, you know? <laughs> and uh, the minute Larry saw them, he grabbed an axe, that the fire axe, you know, and started whacking at the ground and saying every four-letter word he knew. Every four-letter word he knew. I went, oh, my God. I turned around started to go to my dressing room. And uh, <clears throat> about that time, one of the, the crew members grabbed Larry because he was going to cut the coaxial cable. Now, that's a, a cable that is very important <laughs> electrically, and he could have killed himself and several other people around him with it. Uh, but the, uh, the story ends. We, we never had another guest
2: on our set. <laughs> None, none. We were a close set. But you did yeah. have guest stars and yeah, and yes. Sammy Javis was yes. I mean it was it's great to see all of those sixties icons in that yeah in the Clipper. What was Paul Lynn like? I love Paul Lynn. He was funny. He was funny. He was it just That's what you see is funny. what he was. I mean on I the love the that line where he goes, out ah, ah, Real Renoir and how about But he's
8: sneering when he said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: And Sammy Davis Jr., what was he like?
8: He was very, very good. And, and of course, Sammy's, Sammy, again, is like Elvis. You know, he, he was uh, very serious about what he was doing. He, he, when, he, when Sammy worked, he worked. When he played, he played. And um, he cared. He cared about what he was doing, yeah.
2: And now didn't he and, like, Larry Hagman...
8: You want me to tell that story, yes! too? <laughs> Jeez! God.
2: Okay, don't count.
8: Okay, no, I'll, I'll tell it. I'm not telling anything that hasn't been said before that Larry hasn't said, but I feel funny when I... I it's all right in the book, but it's odd when I'm telling it. We, we don't have to. Okay. Larry <laughs> Larry decided he... I don't know what he decided. He was just being silly. But uh, when you do a scene, uh, the cl- I, uh, you probably know this, the, You cut the scene, and then you do it in close-ups. The camera is on one actor and then on another, and the coverage for the scene. And uh, when it came to be Sammy's coverage, uh, Larry was off-camera, because he was the one who had the dialogue with him. And he started doing things like picking his nose. (laughs) And I mean childish things, but it's distracting to an actor. And Sammy got very upset. Very upset. They almost had a fist fight, <laughs> actually.
2: Now, what about uh, Bill Daly?
8: Bill, he, he's, he's a dear man. He's a sweet man.
2: Now, I read somewhere that he was actually a jazz musician as well. Yes, he
8: was. He started out as a jazz mu- musician, and then a, uh, a live television director, live, at, live TV, yeah.
2: And that's uh, the, the, the one thing that I read they posited about his... Improvisational skills on the show Because of his, his um, jazz musicianship And I thought that that was Because he is really improvisational
8: Yes, yes Well, Both he and Larry uh, did that with their scenes they, they, They'd work, work on them They weren't really improv it, They were written But they would figure out the physicality There's and, a lot of physical comedy yeah, that you see Yeah, yeah And then Bill, you know, Bill is dyslexic so, uh, visually dyslexic, so it was very difficult for him to learn lines, and I think it served him very well because he could change things <laughs> and make it better, <laughs> and we love that.
2: And what about uh, Mr. Hayden rark uh, Oh, well. Dr. Bellows. He, he, uh,
8: he was our leader, really. What a gentleman, what a talented man. Um, he, he had a huge body of work that he'd done before he ever... Came on Jeannie. Um, I miss him. He was a very good friend, a dear friend.
2: And was it, he was an openly gay actor in, in Hollywood at, at the time.
8: I, I guess so. I'm not sure that he was. Uh, Hayden didn't talk about it a lot. You know, I, I knew, um, obviously, I knew his partner. We'd been together for years. But, um, but it wasn't something that was a big deal for Hayden. You know, it just was, that's it. That's how we lived,
2: yeah. And what about um, the evil sister? We loved Do a little.
8: <laughs> oh, darling, you've <laughs> talked about that little twit so much. I don't know even if I want to
2: be here. <laughs> no. Did you have anybody in mind when you modeled the evil sister? Uh-
8: uh, no. <laughs>
2: no. You must have loved playing that part, though, because evil, we all love to play the evil.
8: It was evil a relief. <laughs> it was a relief.
2: I mean, there are so many of episodes with, I mean, I find them to be the best episodes of the show. Because oh. there's also tension, there's conflict between the sister and Jeannie. Yeah. So oh, I, I
8: would right. guess, yeah. <laughs>
2: she almost she killed, killed her. You know? <laughs> yeah. And what about. Um, what was it like day to day? I mean, there's so many props, like the big pencils and the big, I mean, how, how hard was that to do? And the big, the interior? That was fun.
8: You know, it's uh, anyone who, who, as a child, liked to imagine things. And I did. I always had little doll houses, or I, I I acted out movies I saw, but always magic movies. You know, something that was in another world. So anyone who has that background as a child enjoys crawling into a huge pocket and peeking out and looking around because you you just your imagination goes crazy, and a big cup with with um, pencils. Ooh, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> The worst, though, was when I was in the, in the safe, I don't know if you saw those episodes, but um, my mother, one of the first times she visited on the set, I was in the safe, and they would push the safe so that I would bounce around, but in the safe with me was a giant lipstick and a, a giant bottle of aspirin and, I don't know, all these things. and. They knocked me out. They hit me on the head and knocked
2: me out when my mother is standing there, you no. Know? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to take an informal, impartial poll of the audience. This is a question that comes up a lot. How many of you people preferred Bewitched? <laughs> How many of you preferred I Dream of genie? <laughs> An impartial (laughs) poll, Impartial, sure. (laughs) There was that competition between I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched, though. What was that like?
8: It it wasn't, as far as the actors were concerned, there was no competition at all. It was the networks. We were on two different networks. Were there
2: like any, did you know Elizabeth Montgomery?
8: Yes, I saw her every morning in the makeup department. And we were pregnant together. We had our babies the same year. Um, the only I'll tell you a funny story about the makeup department though. You love that. I, um, (laughs) while I was doing Jeannie, I I was also studying, because I headlined in Vegas uh, Mrs. Sims said I'd sing, I sing." you see, and uh, so the only way I could learn my act was to take my tape recorder into the makeup department and I would sing the words to the song, so I'd memorize what I was doing and um, Sally Field, I understand, was being uh, interviewed by someone, I don't know who, and they said, well, were there any difficult times when you were shooting um, The Flying Nun? And Sally said, oh, and Barbara Eden, would 6 a.m. in the morning, she'd be singing in the makeup department. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry I did that. <laughs> and that from Sybil.
2: Now one of the things I love about this show, and and, uh, talk a little bit about this, is it really does, it, it, it has a strange link for me to Mad Men, of all things, because Mad Men starts in the early 60s and has that kind of conventional, everybody has a role kind of thing, yeah. and then it sort of, sort of gradually grooves out into the mid-60s and taking drugs and the psychedelic stuff and everything, and Jeannie did the same thing. I mean, it really did start with the very conventional. Uh, the first season in particular was much more based on the tricks, I thought, you know, the, mm-hmm. the visual stuff, and then it got into the you know, the Phil Spector and the Boys and Heart stuff and oh, yeah. the, the, you know, the go-go dancing and the uh-huh. boots and stuff like that. Sure. And I thought it really did capture sort of the zeitgeist of the society. So talk a little bit about that.
8: Well, that's as it evolved. It did, yeah. Of course, our, our first year, we had uh, Gene Nelson as a director. I don't know if you remember Gene Nelson, but he was yeah a wonderful dancer and gymnast. So he made sure we were very active that first year.
2: <laughs> and I, 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 it was almost a shame that the last season you guys got married.
8: It was, yeah. It killed the show.
2: Well, it kills a lot of them. But I <laughs> <go>. <laughs> um, what was that like? Did you feel like when there was the, the marriage?
8: Do you know, I loved that show. I thought it was beautiful. Um, I enjoyed doing it, but both Larry and I said, This is it, this is the end. Yeah, because she couldn't marry a human. I mean, that's what was so funny. She didn't know that she wasn't a human. He knew. <laughs> you know, he knew. And it was, that was the comedy. And you couldn't make her a
2: housewife. Well, I've also heard you talk about, I mean, there's some people that have a, a kind of a feminist critique of, uh, of I Dream of Jeannie and talk about the Yes Master. Personally, I like Yes Master sometimes, you know. <laughs> In the right situations, I've done it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't think that there was, there was more of an interesting power dynamic because you were in control a lot.
8: That's right. <laughs> and she wasn't, she wasn't a human, so uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't give the same uh, measurement to a genie as a real woman. I mean, you just couldn't do that. You couldn't judge her.
2: Now I know there's one question you get asked over and over again. Do you know which one it is? Can can you answer it? About my belly button. Your belly button, <laughs> please. <laughs> what what's, what was up with that? Why?
8: Well, it was um, <clears throat> George Slaughter who produced Laugh In. Decided he would premiere my navel. Actually, it all started. No, I got to, It all started when Mike Conley who wrote for The Hollywood Reporter, would come on the set, and he'd say, I don't believe you have one. And I'd say, Nicola Peak," I <laughs> was very cheap. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he wrote about it, and then stringers across the country picked up and wrote about it, and it uh, became kind of a... It snowballed. So George Slaughter said, I'm going to premiere Barbara's Naval on Laugh-In. Well, NBC... <laughs> Had fits. He just—they just had fits. They—they wouldn't let me do it, and then they started watching my navel. Nasty,
2: like in the in the Hawaii episodes. Everybody else is like in bikinis, and you're like in these one-piece bathing suits. That's
8: right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right.
2: Uh, So, do you guys see each other, Larry Hagman, Bill Daly, any Hmm. of the cast members? We
8: were together two weeks ago in uh, Australia. Yeah, we were working.
2: And I have to say, I knew the answer to that. I saw the pictures. He looks great. Yes. They both look oh, great. Oh,
8: and he's he's healthy, thank God. And
2: yeah, it's great. And he's actually was in the news the other day because Dallas is coming back. That's right. And you did Dallas with him, actually. I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Who did you play? Come on, do it.
8: Leanne de la Vega, and I got him good. I got him. <laughs> did
2: you kill JR? No, I bankrupted him. Yeah. That's
8: better.
2: <laughs> now, are they going to ask you to be a part of that, do you think? Oh, I doubt yeah. it. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, why do you think people love this show so much?
8: I, I don't know. I, I guess, well, first of all, most of the time we're in uniform, so it isn't that dated. It is a little bit, but it's not that big. wonderful. <laughs> and um, it's fantasy. It's it's another world. One time I was at the San Francisco airport, and uh, a gentleman came over to me and said, uh, I, I'm i with a group of men over there, and I was appointed to be the one to come over to you and say thank you, uh, because uh, you really ease our work day. We, we rush home just to take our minds off our work. And I said, well, thank you so very much. And he said, but you, didn't, you don't know what we do. <laughs> he said, we're, <clears throat> we're, we're at Stanford University uh, for a meeting, and we're all psychiatrists. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: <laughs> now, you, you did just recently write the book about all of your career, and particularly mm-hmm. a lot about Jeannie. What was it like to write that book?
8: It was very difficult. It was very difficult, yeah.
2: And why was that?
8: Well, it's, it's not, you know, everyone's life has is a roller coaster. And uh, you think you're past that. You, you don't really want to relive it again, um, certain things. but but uh, And then when you write a book, it sort of brings everything up. And if you're going to write your memoirs, you better be honest and you better...
2: Tell everything. Well, you are life. honest in it, and you do talk about some of the uh, more painful parts of your life.
8: Well, everyone has them. Every, you know.
2: Yeah. It's well, it's, uh, I, I think big. that it's particularly. Um, it, it's an inspiration to a lot of people that you were able to address some issues in that book that, um, wow. you know, are painful issues that people go through and um, talk about it.
8: Well, I hope. I hope it helps. I hope it helps the women in particular, some of, the, some of the things. And
2: we have Miss San Francisco and the runners-up of 2011. Oh. <laughs> Come on up. <laughs> It's the first time we've had real queens in, in the <laughs> Come on.
4: <laughs>
2: so Miss San Francisco, introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm Jasmine, I'm Miss San Francisco's outstanding team. Hi, my name is Alyssa Anterg, I'm Miss Golden Gate
4: team.
3: <laughs> Hi, I'm Holly Heiserman and I'm Crystal, and 60 years later,
2: I'm the current Miss San Francisco. Well, Crystal has a very special presentation to make to you.
3: The city and county of San Francisco traditionally honors the contributions of notable individuals. And the dedicated work of Barbara Eden truly represents the city's values at their best. At a very young age, Barbara and her mother moved to San Francisco, where her family had been rooted since the 1800s, when her great great grandmother traveled as a child in a covered wagon toward our city by the bay and landed here in San Francisco. As a child, Barbara remembers foghorns, air raid alerts, taking the ferry, and roller skating on Polk Street. Barbara also attended kindergarten at Reading Elementary School and Columbus Elementary School in the Sunset District, and she graduated from Abraham Lincoln High School in 1949. She was baptized and went to Sunday School at Grace Cathedral, and in 1991, she was married there to her husband, John. Barbara's incredible performing arts career is rooted in our city's dynamic music and arts community, as she studied the Conservatory of, at the S- Conservatory of Music and acted with the Elizabeth Holloway School of Theater and at City College of Theatre in San Francisco. And in 1951, she was crowned the 13th Miss San Francisco. (laughs) Beautiful. Barbara starred in the classic 1960s American sitcom, I Dream of Jeannie, for five years and 139 episodes. Since then, it has gone on to international syndication, and its popularity spans generation of fans. She has also starred in many films alongside legends like Tony Randall, Elvis Presley, Paul Newman, Sal Mineo, and Frankie Avalon. Her years of performance have entertained millions and brought pride to our city. On behalf of Edwin Lee, Mayor of the City and County of San Francisco in celebration of her appearance at the Castro Theater and the release of her memoir, Genie Out of a Bottle, he hereby proclaims July 10th, 2011, as Barbara Eden Day in San Francisco. Congratulations. Thank you.
5: Barbara Eden Day in San
4: Francisco.
2: How does that make you feel, Barbara?
8: That makes me feel wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Well, well, hang you. it on your wall with pride. We will never forget this evening. Thank you very much. We will be taking a short intermission. Afterwards, we're going to be doing a very special auction, and then we'll have a couple of screen surprises, and then Barbara will be doing another signing upstairs. So let's give a big, big hand, warm welcome, and congratulations to Barbara Eden on Barbara Eden Day in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Right now, I am with the beautiful and lovely and iconic Barbara Eden. Barbara, it is an honor and a pleasure to meet you tonight. Well, thank you. thank you. You know, how does it feel to come back to San Francisco? I know you've come back numerous times, but tonight, what does it mean to you?
8: Oh, it, it, it makes my heart full. It's just a wonderful, wonderful
1: feeling. You know, you're such a, a wonderful woman. Every time you have the electricity about yourself, um, I just want to tell you... I, I just love everything you've done.
8: Well, thank you. Thank you very much.
1: And uh, I'd just like to ask Barbara one thing. You're watching KCTH.
8: Channel 27.
1: And Jeannie, could you do me just one little favor? Yes. Could you grant me one wish? Can I give you a hug? Oh,
8: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hugs are good. Hugs are good.
1: Thank you so much.
8: You're welcome.